Well, like there was this whole thing saying they they wouldn't allow certain characters in there, um, yeah. with because they had like a gun or whatever, or they were like no, too Joker hot for has Smash. a gun, Go, dude. He pulls out the Blick in broad daylight on Mario. <laughs> like, if you flipped Waluigi's L, it would even be a collect, a collect, a correct L. You know? Yeah, I was looking <laughs> when I was because it's like not it's mirrored too when i was making this outfit i was looking at it in the mirror and you know i had to draw it too and yeah. i was like dude waluigi's like pure evil he's yeah. like flipping and reversing even, the like you'd think it'd continue a full box of an l but it's just like i guess it's upside down yeah but that's still ugh. all right big doinks everybody <laughs> <laughs> i'm your it's host nice i'm your host sexy waluigi <laughs> and we got joker today from persona 5 not that joker from, yeah, I don't know anything about the Persona series. Dude, when they announced Joker for Smash and I hadn't looked it up yet, I was like, nah, dude, they did not put... <laughs> Explain. You Joker, were saying... Joker. You were... I thought, like Batman Joker was in Smash when they announced it at first. Because I didn't... I just saw it, I saw it in text. So I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. They, they put... They put... <laughs> They put Joaquin Phoenix tumbling down the floor. It just cuts to darkness. So want to know how I got these scars? They put Joaquin Phoenix getting hit by a car and smashed. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. All right, so I have a question for you. What is Bramble Blast Gold? Bramble Blast Gold? Yeah. I don't know. I know a song called Bramble Blast. All right. You once tweeted about a game, and you said only the real ones know. No, 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 no. Marble Blast Gold. This guy gotta do his research better. My notes. <laughs> Look at them; they're just scribbles. This is very, this is very embarrassing. So, Marble Blast. Gold. Yeah, what is that? Ugh. It came loaded on like like preloaded on every school Mac. You didn't have like that little symbol at the bottom. No, it was just a marble. It was like the best platformer. It had power ups and everything. Was this middle school? Yeah, no, it was like elementary school. It was Damn. middle school. We were in the same district. Elementary so. elementary school. The only uh, games that we played were like typing games. So like Mario typing, dude, Mario typing, or like <laughs> Typing World. I don't even know the real names, but <sighs> I wasn't very good at Mario typing. Did you grow up with CD ROMs? No. I had um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, 3 for PC, and we got it from the Scholastic Book Fair. Uh, <laughs> I guess I had, like, Putt-Putt and, like, you know Putt-Putt. Yeah, right? Putt-Putt. Yeah, Putt-Putt yeah. saves a zoo. Yeah, and yeah. Um, we had this whole series of games by this, it was it was this fire ant, and his name was Bugsy. Wait, he was, I think I know that. He was that. blue, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> yeah, that was the funnest thing there, in the house. There is a level where you have to avoid getting stepped on, mm-hmm. and it's like impossible. Like every other level is like platforming with bugs, and then the next one is like, okay, don't get stepped on. I remember he, there was like an airport baggage return claim game, <laughs> and you had to redirect the traffic of the bags. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. That was a golden era of gaming, though. Like yeah. those shitty platformers. Yeah. Ugh. Um, we had Mario Time Machine for PC. I'm not familiar. <laughs> it's the only unofficial Nintendo, like, non-Nintendo Mario game. Oh, wait, I think I do know about that. Like, it, it exists, but it's not supposed to? Yeah. But there's, there's also Mario is Missing, but that's a porn game. Oh. That yeah. sounds not don't, as... Don't ask, not, I just heard about it. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> what console does it play on? PC? It's just PC. Where'd you hear about this? Just word of mouth. Around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet if I found Mario Time Machine, it would be worth a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So didn't didn't you say to me that like you're you didn't like start playing games until you were like older? Like your dad like gave you his like consoles or something? Yeah. So we didn't get a GameCube, and I didn't know when it came out. It was like two thousand one, two, three. I want to say, that but I didn't get right. it until like two thousand five. It was the same time that like the Pokemon, like Ruby, and all that were coming out. But like I was playing Super Nintendo until like two thousand two, and like nintendo 64 until like 2004 and like <laughs> all of those so like i sort of grew up playing like games way before my time so like it, it was just kind of weird j- jumping one because when i jumped into gamecube yeah is when the wii was like being teased sort of so yeah. i was like what's happening <laughs> i remember before brawl came out like i was playing melee like a madman just yeah. like wanting to i'm like i want to be sonic <laughs> i just unlocked mewtwo and game and watch right before brawl, brawl came, came out that's yeah. crazy and then i like started looking online at that brawl dojo thing like the yeah. smash dojo but were, were you like as into it then as you are now like were you like like just burning inside that you didn't have a week yeah well i was pretty bad at it um, and I honestly just button mashed and I just played Sheik yeah. because I thought Sheik was good at button mashing the yeah. most. But yeah, no, I like, I, I understood it at an early age, but like, I don't know. It just, I just kept getting beat. The me you see now is the result of losing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Yeah, no, we, um, I remember we, we, when we got a GameCube, me and my older brother, we like pulled our money together to buy a GameCube and then GameStop had a buy two get one free sale so we got two controllers mario sunshine luigi's mansion and melee set for life yeah and <laughs> um we didn't have enough money to get a memory card and my mom was like that's too bad oh. so we just played for a few months without a memory card so like oh, i such a shame i remember when we came home with the console later that night i was like hey sean i unlocked dr mario do you want to play as him before i turn it off no, <laughs> like we so had sad. to we had to, <laughs> we had to unlock the characters every time we played it oh, for sucks. like a while yeah you know i did the same thing sort of by like choice because i reset my game over and over and over and i had no idea i hadn't unlocked all the characters so oh. i must have unlocked jigglypuff like 30 times because i just just fun to unlock characters yeah over you just and over you just play classic mode and yeah. he comes up and then uh Someone told me to leave my console on overnight yeah. to get Mewtwo, and I was like, that's crap. You can't tell me that. That's not true. <laughs> and I did. And then I woke up in the morning and then beat the computer, uh-huh. and then I was fighting Mewtwo. I was like, what? Wait, that's real? Yeah, you can. it's it's by playtime. So it's like how much playtime you have in the game is how you oh. unlock certain characters. I See, I remember like kids convinced me that the only way to unlock Falco is to go to 100-man Wireman and beat 100% of them using Donkey Kong's down B. <laughs> you told me, yeah, I remember And that. every time I did it, I unlocked him. Well, that's the best way to do it, but I think everything has two requirements of unlocking. So. I just... But you were telling me that I don't. I didn't have to do that. You don't have to be Donkey Kong. It's just the easiest one to do it. I was told that slap the crown a little bit. But I swear <laughs> I had beaten a hundred man wire man and and I never unlocked him. And that it's, was you have to do it within a certain time too. Though. Okay, because yeah. I would do Donkey Kong a hundred percent down B, and every time I did it, where I like accidentally threw another move, he didn't appear. <laughs> so you're like they have you have to just slap the ground the whole time. The pr- I ran experiments <laughs> and it was it was true every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's lots of different like ways to unlock the characters. So like I guess if you only had ever played the game as a party game, there was still a way to get all the characters. Yeah. It's kinda lame though. I'm I'm really mad that they got rid of the system with the uh, break the targets where yeah. it was like 
didn't everybody have like a custom one? Yes. And it was like super based on it like was super good. Because when you had the young link one and you had to like wall bounce out of that like That's what taught me that wall bouncing was a thing. Yeah, me I didn't too. even know. Because I remember when that starts, you're like, no way. How the fuck like, do I, I get I'm out stuck. of here? <laughs> yeah, there's like there's no human way to get out of this. Yeah, and you couldn't even like if you didn't know how to do that if you're playing through adventure mode, because it makes you do it in adventure mode. Yeah. You just have to quit with young link. <laughs> it's like you can't play the game, son. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Luigi's, he, he he like spawns and there's a bunch of GameCubes for him yeah. to stand on. Yeah. There was cool shit. Like what? <laughs> Why'd they get rid of like all the cool stuff? I don't know. Subspace of Mystery was like, I can't say that word, but it was really yeah. fun. Oh, dude, I would love to go through that and play like a let's play of Subspace. Yeah, we should do that. But like with the rules, like someone did it without jumping. Yeah, we could like, do we could do Nuzlocke. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you die as Diddy Kong, you then have to kill him off every time oh, you God. respawn Diddy Kong. <laughs> yeah. No, we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I'm still so mad while Luigi isn't in the game. They really dropped the ball there. I just. I don't get it. Why? I think they're holding their cards close to their chest. They made like, him an assist trophy, though. Like it doesn't. Seem... They're doing something. They're they're either gonna like release him very last or save him for the next game. Which personally, I don't think there's gonna be a next game. But if there is, I don't think the like lead developer Sakurai is gonna be on it. But they're saving Waluigi as the one selling point. <laughs> so do you think they'll just update this game forever? Or, like I it'll, mean, or it'll just end? It'll be done after a while. Like, they'll maybe do character patches to, like, make sure people aren't, like, broken or overpowered or I, something. I just picture, like, 20 years from now, how could they not still be doing this? Like, it just seems like... Well, it must be a nightmare to get, like, the royalties to use all these characters, especially, like, Cloud yeah. and stuff. Is it not their biggest game? I mean, technically, it's not their best-selling game. Mm. I don't know what they're, what it is, but it's... Yeah. What is? Like Fire Emblem or Pokemon? Fire Emblem, surprisingly. No, Pokemon is like the highest grossing franchise of of all time. Yeah, so it's got to be. It's Pokemon, but then I think Mario's above that, just barely, and then probably Smash itself. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I look at it as like the reason people own Nintendo consoles like most of the time. So I was just like, how can you stop? Because I remember after he made like smash four or something he was like i don't know if there's going to be another one like I, what, what could i yeah. even do and then and then ultimate <laughs> then they pulled out all the stops yeah yeah Ugh. piranha plant dude piranha plant's so good <laughs> i don't the thing with piranha plant and steve is anybody who like hates on them i'm like do you just dislike life like this is so fun. yeah okay i think from steve onward we have entered a new parallel universe yeah like we left baron stein wait Stein, yes, we were in Berenstain. Now we're just like, it's like Russian letters. I don't even know where we are now. (laughs) Dude, when you play Steve, it feels like you're playing a different game. It feels like Minecraft. (laughs) It's really weird. I've never even played Minecraft. It's, it's good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, he's really fun. It's funny to, it was funny to see like all of the backlash of people getting like upset about it. If you look at um, every trailer, he's the most wild, widely like accepted and liked DLC so far. People hated uh, Banjo for some reason. Like they didn't want him in it, or they just oh, hated well, Byleth. Him? People hated Byleth. Okay, yeah. With Banjo, did people just dislike the execution, or were they mad that they put him in? I'm mad about the execution. Yeah. But, um, he- no, I think people. Um, didn't know who he was or thought he was irrelevant. What? Right? I thought he was like the most in-demand... But that's us. I thought he was the most (laughs) in-demand character on like the internet. I think 
the most requested was King K. Rule. Okay. For Smash Four DLC, yeah. and then he, you know, they brought yeah. him to Ultimate. I always thought people say Banjo, King K. Rule, and Ridley. Yeah. And they came through. Yeah. So and then like, Wall Luigi. <laughs> How are they going f- <sighs> to... Because when they added in Wario in the third one, I'm like, yeah, you put in all the Mario Bros. And now there's the fourth one just waiting, and it's... And then, like, well, Toad, too, right? Dude, that um Project M trailer for yeah. Toad is so freaking good. <laughs> it's made so well. Yeah. And and then you look at the execution of the character, and you're like, that's, a, that's perfect. Like, he looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really should have... I don't know. I'm glad we have Piranha Plant. If they were to put in any more like wacky like non Nintendo stuff, I, I I would take Spyro. Yeah, Spyro, Crash. I want Master Chief. <laughs> yeah, you always say that. I was not a believe like I, if they said Goku came out, <laughs> I would be like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> You'd accept Goku? A month like like two months ago, I would have been like, no way. But <laughs> since Steve, I'm like, whatever. We're in another universe. At least he's a video game. Like, yeah. Goku's a fucking. Goku's anime. in a video game. <laughs> I know, and that's where my argument came in. They could put in the gaming icon that is SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely wasn't for any of that. But uh, recently, I'm like, you know what? Let's just wild out. This is probably the last. Hurrah for Sakurai! So yeah. let's ha- put, let them have it. Yeah, if they put in Mermaid Man, SpongeBob from <laughs> Defend Bikini Bottom, it'd <laughs> be so that'd be good. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> people would riot in the streets. Yeah, dude, just the idea of Master Chief like shooting Pikachu in the head in a real game. Well, like there was this whole thing saying they they wouldn't allow certain characters in there. Yeah. Um, with because they had like a gun or whatever, or they were like no, too Joker hot for has Smash. a gun, Go, dude. He pulls out the Blick in broad daylight on Mario. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous. <laughs> like does a twirl. Yeah, like what? Oh, wait, Bayonetta. She shoots people. Yeah, in the face and she's too. way too hot for Smash. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nintendo needs speaking. to calm down with the modeling. Sometimes I know. I remember when they put out Zero Suit Samus. I was like, what are you guys doing? I know. And then they were like, we gave her boots. Yeah. <laughs> god that's easily the most why do they have to give like boots fine but like high heel boots yeah like they got jet packs in them (laughs) like okay but yoshi dead ass wearing some tims dude yoshi with tims it's way stronger than normal attack i'm telling you yeah i remember um finding out that yoshi was like the best in the home run contest as a kid because he could do the down a yeah yeah that's how you do unlock i didn't even know there were like stages from past games you could unlock. You have to hit the sandbag over thirteen thousand feet or something, and you get like the I don't N64 know, like an N sixty four stage in melee. Yeah, and I was like, that's yeah. impossible. Yeah, I, I remember online. I remember getting those stages. It was great. Yeah. Um. So why are you good at this game? <laughs> <laughs> Who says I'm good at this game? <laughs> you're, good. you're good at this game. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the movement and like the math of it makes yeah. sense with the percentages and, and like angles of knockback and stuff like it wasn't until recently that i got into like looking at the actual like frame data and stuff and i was telling you about this thing like called the sakurai angle which is like every move has a set angle over you know in 360 mm-hmm. but like for some reason he set an angle to be 361 um which for some reason doesn't do like a full loop but it's dependent on what your knockback is Mm -hmm. so it's like whatever your percentage is it would either bring them towards you or away from you uh and i just 
I think it's really interesting that like yeah that coding wasn't figured out until like later on. No, that that makes sense to me. I remember when I first started to feel like I was like somewhat good at this game and like melee. Like I would go to like a sleepover and like beat everybody. And like I was always good at Mario. And I remember like anytime you like you jumped in the air and like connected like a forward air and like oh. it, it was just based on the fact that you knew like the exact arc that you were gonna take. Oh it, yeah, that's when it, yeah like it it's like a really good game in terms of just how it feels like moving around and like hitting things with angles. And then I, like I look at other fight games that like must have like inspired it and where it came from, and I'm like, man, this is like so like for lack of better words like sophisticated compared to like Street Fighter or something like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that. Like, there haven't been many other platform fighters like Smash. Like, there have been a few clones. Yeah. They did that really crappy, can I swear on this? Yeah. Really shitty Sega one. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy if I told you you couldn't swear. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but they did that Sega one that was really bad, and they, like, already took Sonic, so, like, how are you going to have a Sega yeah, one did, without Sonic? Didn't they have, like, Sockboy in it? Or yes. Is that his name? And they had, like, Drake and Evil Drake. Wait, is that the name of the dude? Yeah, Sockboy. Okay, that just sounded wrong. <laughs> Sackboy. Sackboy. Sack I was yeah. like, Sockboy. Sockboy. <laughs> Sock <boy. laughs> it didn't sound right. That sounds like a horror movie. Wait, character. so Sonic not in that one? No. Did they? And Snake's not in it either. Okay, I was about to say, I thought I remembered yeah. another one that had Snake in it. You would think that they would have Sonic, Snake, uh, Crash, and Spyro, but they had none of those characters. Yeah. They had Kratos, though. That's so, so that's weird. Cool. <laughs> Capcom versus DC is interesting. <laughs> because I think there's like Freddy Krueger DLC too. Yeah. So you could have like Green Lantern versus... Oh, and there was um, in... Which is it? Mortal Kombat 11? Have you seen any of the characters they put out for that? No. They just put... Uh, terminator out as a character what? <laughs> yeah so you'd be arnold schwarzenegger and, uh, yeah and robocop oh shit that's yeah, crazy dude, terminator versus robocop i would I take another one i would take classic movie fighter game that's awesome yeah and there was uh jeff they should just put in jeff goldblum from jurassic park oh no it was rambo that they just released yeah and that's they, so they actually got sylvester stallone to voice it oh that's awesome like Dude, Rambo versus RoboCop? It's like if a dad made Smash Bros. <laughs> He's like, you know who I want to fight? <laughs> RoboCop. I want Rambo <laughs> to kick RoboCop in the head. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, okay, dad. Yeah. In Mortal Kombat 10, they had like this whole uh, like horror DLC because they had Predator in that one. And they had Fre- they actually had Freddy Krueger in That's that too. Sick. Yeah. So like. Damn. Mortal Kombat's slept on. Yeah, no, it's really fun. I used to play that with Brandon all the time. I'm really bad at it. I'd play, I would play as Kung Lao because he threw a hat at people. I would do the Raiden thing where he would just charge. <laughs> he just go across the whole stage. That shit's like such bullshit. It's so funny. <laughs> because he just lunges at you. <laughs> it's funny that I complain when we play Smash and someone's like spamming moves, but if you play any other fighter with me, I'm not. <laughs> I'm absolutely a hypocrite. Yeah, I, I just play Kung Lao and I just go, hat. <laughs> he's funny (laughs) yeah no he's really good i'm so yeah i'm just so infuriated that in like smash ultimate they took some of the like highest demanded characters and made them assist trophies with like fully modeled movesets i know like crystal and knuckles like they both do so many moves i'm like this is a full character i know and we still haven't played super smash flash which is an excellent game yeah we have we have yeah we played oh yeah i showed you a chibi robo we we, uh yeah we like hdmi'd it to the yeah to the tv and then we plugged in controllers yeah but like they they did it perfect they did chibi robo they did crystal they put in isaac waluigi yeah waluigi i felt complete i know 
I just have a weird fascination with Waluigi. Like, <laughs> Do I, you know? <laughs> I think just the long. I just think the longer Nintendo disrespects him, the more I'm like interested in him. He'll come back even stronger. <laughs> the more yeah. he gets disrespected. Yeah. Well, I was telling you about my idea where I think I could take Nintendo to a trillion dollar company evaluation, <laughs> where if they just pulled all of their resources into making like the definitive waluigi game and it was like god of war scale quality yeah like who wouldn't buy that game (laughs) i just (laughs) like if they made the most fantastical innovations in open world gameplay but it's a waluigi game like it's better than breath of the wild (laughs) who would not buy it yeah no i just it's just literally like a mod of of god of war but just it's just waluigi yeah they make climbing on demons and they he like an ult and he just gets ripped and shit (laughs) beats the fuck out of people oh i just remember playing wario land as a kid and the world is like so weird so i just always thought like what would waluigi's world cup be like that was a game that i never owned but like i rented several times it was so weird. Wario Land? Yeah, it's so strange. Everything about it is, like, off-putting. Like, it, the music <laughs> is gross, and the coins don't look like coins. And you mean, like, the uh, the GameCube one or the Game Boy one? The GameCube one. The Game Boy one's actually really good. Oh, I had... Those are Wario Land. Oh, whatever. Wario World is for GameCube. <laughs> I'm not trying to be that guy. No, no, I'm no, just no, saying, right, like, right. I grew up with all the Wario Land games, and those are really fun side-scrollers yeah. with a cool art style. And then they made Wario World, which is, like... Super Mario 3D World, but Wario for GameCube, yeah. and it's so fucking weird. Yeah, they made like all of the world like to look like it's like made out of like fungus and just like <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it's like they took Mario and they're like, how can we fuck this up <laughs> for, for the joke? And it's like it's so off-putting. It's crazy how many uh, like. 3D platformers Mario 64 spawned, only for them to be worse than that game. Like, I feel like the movement is really important in that type of game. And I know, like, Miyamoto himself said that they spent, like, a year on the way Mario moves. Just that. For Mario out of 64? The yeah, out of the three years of development. They spent a whole year just on having a move around. Well, well, yeah, like, you see the speedrunners just, like, fucking yeah. fly around. Oh, well, that's crazy. Fly around, like, nonsense. And anytime I see that, I'm just, like, so impressed. I'm like, how did you get to this point? Yeah. And then, uh... In the newest 3D All-Stars, they took out all the glitches and stuff, or most of them. Yeah. People are so mad. People are so mad. Well, yeah. it's interesting because, like, I, I was always, like, a very ignorance is bliss, like, consumer when it came to games. I just kind of waited for the new thing, and I would get it, and I would be happy, and, like, that was the end of it. Yeah. But now I know somebody like you that's, like, aware of all <laughs> like the things. Me. Of all the people. <laughs> like, you're aware of, like, all the things to be upset at. <laughs> and now I'm, like, noticing things I never thought about in the past, and I'm like, damn it. It's a toxic trait. <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean like at the end of the day like you want to hold like companies and stuff accountable to like do their job better and stuff yeah i really don't have a problem with any of that except for pokemon yeah like what they've done to pokemon well it's well me getting frustrated started with pokemon because i was just like how did you guys like kind of ruin this i know it's too big of a game to look how it does but i don't really i don't have a problem with them taking on pokemon at all I, i've been saying like they should make a game with very limited pokemon like go back in time to like the ancient times so like aerodactyls are flying around everything yeah maybe have some pokemon be common that aren't normally common 
Yeah, like cool. you could do a game where the the fossil Pokemon are like the most common one and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I really like Diamond and Pearl because I remember there were like certain zones where you would find Pokemon that were like rare in other play in other games. Like you could find like Bagons like really commonly in this one place Ooh. in Diamond and Pearl. I never played Diamond and Pearl. Oh really? Yeah. Like Gen Four at all? Not at all. Oh, it's really fun. Yeah, I played yeah. emulators of it, but like I made them randomized. So, <laughs> what does that mean? So there's when you emulate the game, uh, it's like you can change the coding of the game up. So people have made randomized versions of the game, or even ways you can customize uh, how it's randomized. So like per area, different Pokemon would pop up, or they'd be the wrong level, or that's, something. It sounds something. like it makes it really unbalanced inherently. Though. Oh, a- absolutely! Like there's one where you can even change the typings and stats of every Pokemon. So I remember one I started with an Abra that was like Dragon and Water type. <laughs> I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> Did you ever have like a action replay or like a game freak? Uh, no, no. A, a game, a game shark. Yeah, no, I never did. But when you, you can use them on emulators, so I have experienced that. I had that. an a, I had an action replay for DS, and I would just like bust all my games. <laughs> like in Animal Crossing, you could walk through walls and like get like any item you wanted and stuff like that. I find those things really fascinating, like how they work. Because they had to basically take apart the game's code to understand how to make events happen. Yeah, it's this like holder and it has a cartridge at the bottom and you put it in the DS and then you put your game cartridge on the top. And then when you load your system, it just takes you to this menu and you can just like check which cheats you want turned on. So like in Diamond, you could just do like shinies only. And then there was this uh, thing where you could find any Pokemon you wanted and what it would do is it would give you... 999 master balls in your items <laughs> and then you delete them and the number of master balls you have then is the pokedex number of the pokemon you want to find oh yeah so you would like make it to where you have 150 master balls and then you would find mewtwo only basically yeah. it was that, really that's it, really neat yeah it was a really interesting system yeah like um the other day we were talking about uh, the whole missing no glitch mm. in pokemon red and blue which i think is really interesting and like taught me about like taught me about coding in a weird way because when you like when you could catch pokemon that were above level 100 you just kept going i realized that it stops at 255 Hmm. like the cap for a lot of things is 255 and i realized that's like what 8-bit is it's 256 values like 8-bit means 2 to the eighth power so that's why it's like such a common like in, in like Photoshop, like a color wheel is zero to two fifty five. It's an eight bit system. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, so like that made me realize a lot of weird things from there. Do you have any other examples? It's yeah, I was kinda of thinking about this the other day. Like why Nintendo sixty four is Nintendo sixty four because our math teacher told us about yeah. that when he was like explaining something and he right. and he did like eight squared and then eight cubed and this and that and he explained yeah. how like it went from eight bit to sixteen bit to sixty four bit right because because like um, any binary is always in powers of two yeah but like the Nintendo sixty four doesn't even need to use uh, like a sixty four like like a computer like that like a you know like windows 32 and windows 64 mm-hmm. like the gamecube uses a 32-bit processor mm-hmm. and so does the wii u and the wii it's like they didn't even need to do that it was just flexing at that point yeah kind of makes no sense for video games but i think now they are using it because things are big enough i remember i went through this really long phase where my wii couldn't play brawl anymore because my Wii was so old, it couldn't handle it. And so, like, we went to GameStop, and we were like, hey, like, Brawl doesn't work. And he was like, "This so this is a double-layer disc, and he was like, your system's too old to, like, handle it anymore. So, like, 
I remember we just didn't play Super Smash Bros. for like over like a year or something like that. And then eventually we found that we could contact Nintendo and they just replaced it for free. And I've had a lot of luck through my life of like Nintendo just like fixing things out of like respect. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that. I sent in my Xbox 360 when it had a red ring of death and then they sent it back broken again. And the then I just didn't get another xbox didn't people always say that like the hack to that was to like put it upside down and then like leave it on for like three <laughs> no days way that worked but uh, no I, it, I never it worked heard of it. it worked for really? so many kids oh wow yeah there were tons wow. of kids who were like if you get the red ring of death like put your xbox upside down <laughs> and like turn it on and like it, it, there was some like weird thing you could do and like it worked for most people i knew yeah no i tossed mine <laughs> after they sent it back broken i was like hey, i never no xbox the only non-nintendo system i ever had was a playstation one and the only mm -hmm. thing we used it for was Spyro, which is like pretty Nintendo in nature. So yeah. like the only time I played like non like E rated games was like when I went to my friend's house and they had like Halo three, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um because even that's like kind of cartoony in nature and stuff. But yeah. then when everybody started playing things like Call of Duty and Gears of War, I was like, What is this? This is too much. <laughs> yeah. I only the out of all the shooters, I only liked Call of Duty for some reason. Uh, yeah, so like <laughs> I only really like Halo and now like I really like Overwatch. Yeah. They say Call of Duty, you don't have to actually be good at shooting. It's about m the movement. I found it harder <laughs> because literally just the fact that I had to like hold down the joystick to run. Oh, I yeah. was like so uncoordinated and I was just like, oh god, I can't do this. I had a friend who would play Call of Duty every day and like he like he wasn't like a super nerd, like he was a jock. Like he went to like university football. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like he ended up being ranked in something like third in the world in Call of Duty. And all he did was like camp. And I was like, dude, you suck. You're the worst type of person. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about uh, esports getting like more popular? Uh, I mean, I really, really like it um, just because I'm more into that. And that represents me a little bit more. But you see kind of that jockiness, that kind of rudeness come out of people that normally wouldn't. So like... Now I feel like I've known this, like, archetype of people who are, like, e-jocks, and I hate it. <laughs> like, just being in the, the degree program I'm at, uh, Digital Culture at ASU, I just see a lot of people that are, like, <laughs> they have an ego about that kind of stuff. And I'm yeah. like, man, it just doesn't go away. It's just, that's the nature. It's not sports. It's just competition yeah i feel like in movies there's always that like conniving like villain character and if you're watching like a movie about like tech or something there's probably some just like, <laughs> like, like yeah that, you know like that motherfucker like the polar express there's kid, always someone like that oh god <laughs> i hate polar express dude i really like that it's a movie. nightmare to look at i never had a problem i never had the uncanny valley problem with the polar express i always really liked it there were those early, like, animated, like, 3D animated Cartoon Network movies that, like, bothered me, like, the Halloween ones that... Dude, Toonami <sighs> was so gross-looking. <laughs> All those, like, commercials. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool. They moved slow enough that, like... Even Jimmy Neutron was, like, which yeah, is Nickelodeon. my mom had a problem with Jimmy Neutron. She hated how it looked, and I never really oh questioned God. it until she pointed it out. But, like, some of the characters look really whack. I just like everyone's voices, like Carl. Dude, Mrs. Fowl is, like, disgusting. <laughs> I forgot about her. I had a teacher who was just like her, too. Ah. <laughs> Dude, she would, like, they started, like, making her, like, squawk like a bird yeah, sometimes. No, it literally <laughs> devolved into her just being a bird. Sometimes I think about how much fun, like, a lot of the cartoon showrunners probably had, yeah. like, running our shows where, like, a few years in, they just start, like, unraveling <laughs> these characters they've made. Yeah. Did you have any favorite cartoons? Um, 
Tom and Jerry was an early favorite of mine. Oh yeah, you, you like, kind of like like classic stuff. You use like Hanna Barbera sound effects. In I your do. Videos. <laughs> They're just so animated. They're fun. Yeah. Um, but I like Powerpuff Girls a lot. I never watched it because I didn't want to get bullied because it was Dude, 2002. Yeah, like I was, I had a little like Buttercup doll that I loved so much when I was a kid, yeah. but I was so embarrassed that like I would always leave it around when like yeah. friends would be over. Dude, people would make fun of me for watching Kim Possible, and I'm like, Dude, Kim Possible's awesome. I'm like, this shit's dumb. Come on. <laughs> yeah, she go. <laughs> Dude, ooh, she go. <laughs> <laughs> the OG goth girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I never really watched Powerpuff Girls, but I think there was, like, part of me that, like, wanted to. Um, the same guy who made that show made Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, but the drawing style isn't similar at all, and I always found that really interesting. They also made My Little Pony. Did they? Craig McCracken? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And it is a good show. Yes, it was a brony. <laughs> Damn. But, like, <laughs> same that I started disassociating myself with Smash bros people is they're just so toxic and lame oh yeah that's what we were talking about yeah no like we well we were like joking because like i really like playing on like on um uh con not contest competitive um like stages you know like playing yeah. on temple is so fun yeah and like getting mad at playing on temple is so silly it's just gatekeeping is so lame yeah and people are like yeah you can't do that and like I'll just play a game man yeah um yeah, I like playing with items too. Like I like now, like I don't play with it majority, but like it's like what the game was. You're way better at it than I am too, because <laughs> I've played it with them off like yeah. so long. Yeah, I've played with items so much that like I just have like a muscle memory for like just running for them. Yeah, and I and I know the bounce trajectory of almost all of them. So yeah. like if you throw that's good a saber or a gun, like I know the angle it bounces off of people. So yeah. like I'm I'm really used you can to regrab it. Yeah, I'm really used to playing with like projectiles and stuff. That's why I like uh, like. Toon Link. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing's going to be an, uh, like an analytic of video games. <laughs> I mean, what else are we have? That's about? what I do. That's my thing. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like any uh, like favorite like underrated games? Um, let me think. I really like, I know every, a lot of people know Banjo-Kazooie, but I think like the scoring in that game is like far, far above everything else. Like I, I guess, um, I never had Banjo-Kazooie as a kid, but I had Diddy Kong Racing as one of the only yeah. N64 games I had. Because I grew up with N64 and Game Boy Color, like I, and like we kind of got consoles as they came out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and like I always, uh, but like we never had Conker or Banjo, so I knew those characters as Diddy Kong Racing people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have any underrated games because all, I have games that I liked in the past that I was like aware of were bad, but I still played anyways. Like what? Like, there was a Finding Nemo game. Uh, movie Ooh. games in the GameCube era, like the Incredibles movie and the yeah. not Finding Nemo. Game, they're kind of gems, but they kind of suck. Dude, <laughs> I always say Pixar games are, like, really good. The Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille, yeah. WALL-E, they're all really good games. Okay, so, like, when you think about what the Cars game would be, you're, like, racing. Easy. It's like, no, dude, that's an open-world explorer. It's, like, a whole-ass thing. Dude, dude, Cars, the video <laughs> game, is the breath of the wild of Cars Dude, games. it is. Like, Forza can't even touch that. People who don't understand right now, they make Radiator Springs, like, eight times bigger than yeah, it is Yeah, it's the crazy. Movie, and you can, like, go through the canyons, and there's zones in that game where i still to this day don't know how you get there because there'll be like a butte yeah. in the background and at the very top of it you see a thing you're clearly supposed to be able to drive <laughs> on but there's nothing 
an eyesight that would get you up there and you're like how how do i do it i'm so glad that you know this game <laughs> yeah well you could hit like xx and turn around yeah and you could drive backwards because mater taught him how to do that oh yeah dude like it, they bring the world cannon yeah. into the game it's so good so what i would do is i would drive up to somebody i would, I would line up my back wheel with their front wheel and flip with you yeah. yeah and you could jump so you could like yeah. jump over you oh could be driving on top of another car dude that game had better driving than gta like absolutely. yeah see i never had gta but i had cars doesn't matter you had cars you're fine <laughs> yeah Rat- I, I really like Rat- ratatouille and wally too yeah i never played those ones we had wally for wii and it's like a very expansive like platformer game yeah yeah there was a monsters inc dodgeball game i don't know why it was dodgeball like Whoa. who thought that was okay that's kind of like the thing where like all those like spongebob games and shit just have gameplay that don't remind you of the show like whatsoever and you're like how did this come together i don't know if it's a fact but i think there's this weird phenomenon of those types of games and especially with nintendo games of that era where they were like probably a different game when they were making it and then nintendo was like hey I see you got a character that looks like our character. Let's just put that in the game. Well, that's not, well. Well, the original Donkey Kong game that like invented Mario as a character that was supposed to be a Popeye game. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So Mar- So Jumpman was supposed to be Popeye. Donkey Kong was supposed to be what's his face? Yeah. And, big beard uh, guy. Rosalina. No. Um. Um. um now I'm gonna. Forget. Pauline. Pauline was yeah. supposed to be olive oil, and yeah. they, and they couldn't clear the rights to Popeye, but they were like making the game, so they were like, let's just do a. a a I was do- gonna say a donkey, a donkey, a Kong, <laughs> a dong, a, ba- <laughs> a gorilla, and a guy who looks like Popeye with a mustache. Yeah. and that's like all they did. And then they just named him Jumpman. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah, we had um, we had a Donkey Kong Junior for um, the from the Wii Shop channel on the Wii. That game's like really fun. Which one? It's 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 just like Donkey Kong, but it's Donkey Kong Junior. And instead, you're saving Donkey Kong from Jumpman. I don't know anything about Donkey Kong Jr. other than unlocking him in Mario Tennis. It's like, you know how, like, the original Donkey Kong game, when you're running around as Mario, the physics are, like, really busted? And, yeah. like, you can jump over a barrel and still hit it. And, yeah. And, like, it feels, like, really clunky. Yeah. Donkey Kong Jr., instead of, like, climbing ladders, you're, you're like, scaling and going up and down, like, vines and climbing. And it's, like, very similar to, like, the later Mario game, like, vine climbing physics. Mm. And it's just way more satisfying a game to play. But it's, like, the same idea. Yeah. I feel like I, I missed out on some some gems of that era, too. I wish if I had if I had more time, I'd be playing games every day. Yeah, we, we had Kid Icarus, too, and that was, like, difficult. It sucked. Yeah, it was very <laughs> difficult. And then they made that uh, DS version, like, Sakurai made, and it was, yeah. it was fun. I want to play that too. Sakurai's in love with Kid Icarus, and he he made that and Kirby. It's weird to think that he that like spawned from him. I I can see it. I mean anything anything. If Kirby is born of you, then I trust anything that you can put out into the world. Well, the the Kid Icarus DS game, there were like these things where you had to like fly from level to level, and you fought people during the flight, and there were like some Kirby villains yeah. that show up. Yeah, that's that's pretty weird. Yeah, you said you've never played Kirby Air Ride. No, dude, I wish, dude. It's so fucking fun. We gotta, we yeah, we gotta play that. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I missed out so much. I just like, I didn't buy any games for myself until like 2010. <laughs> so, um, you were saying a little bit ago that like, um, the the angle thing like made you aware of code and yeah. stuff like that. So right now you're working in like helping make a game. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
do you have like a main goal? Like, do you want to like create a game or just like work as a sound person or a designer? We do most of the sound stuff and we work in Game Maker. So I'm used to that code, and which is similar to Java, but it's its own language. Um, so like just, just the like math of like making your character jump simply, like if you work from the ground up, it's pretty intense. Like, you wouldn't think a pause menu is a difficult thing, mm -hmm. but a pause menu is one of the more difficult things to code. Interesting. Um, so, and, and like the reason, like, uh, that, that angle thing made me think about code is because you can, like, when people data mine, you search for numbers and stuff. Mm -hmm. So they could search for 361 really easily and be like, oh, there, well, there's a number that I know. But I used to cheat. <laughs> I used to use this cheat engine to cheat in Borderlands on my PC, and you can change any value to another value. So I would like I got used to like searching for values and like changing them and like learning how to mess with the game's mechanics that way. Did you have like friends like putting you on to this way of thinking, or did you uh, yourself like think to start breaking down games? It, it all started with the Pokemon thing when I when I realized that like. It was like how you were saying how the master ball is saying like whatever number that equaled it would take that number and apply it somewhere else that's what made me realize um like just like the parameters of of 8-bit and stuff like that so i don't know that always kind of made sense to me but did you just start like googling stuff and like figuring it out or were you like from from the pokemon thing i had to learn that from looking online but everything after that i kind of just started messing with stuff and because breaking I, games and such because like when i played games or like taught myself software as a kid i always thought of myself as like decently proficient and was mostly just from like clicking all the buttons and seeing what things did but i was always aware there were these people out there who like knew how to like creatively break things and those were people who like i looked at as like magic where i'm like what are they doing to figure this <laughs> shit out um because i i remember being in graphic arts class and like our, our teacher was teaching and there was this kid behind him on a computer and he was playing super smash bros on his computer and I couldn't like believe my eyes. I was like, "How is this happening? This is witchcraft." Yeah. This is like 2007. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is witchcraft. Yeah, and like I remember walking over to him. His name was Ephraim, and I'm like, "Hey, how are, you, how are you doing that?" And he showed me what emulators were, and like it just completely changed my whole notion of like how I thought of like technology because I just thought like games are in game cartridges, and that's how that works. Like, yeah, I, I never understood. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack there, like in just just by kind of messing with the numbers in a game, I sort of understood what binary was from that, which is like a crazy foreign concept to go from Pokemon to yeah. binary code. When did you start coding? Uh, no, not until college, um, un uh, unless you're counting me just messing around with already existing code in a game. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, yeah, like when did you start doing that? I guess it would have been middle school around that time. That's when I had my own... No, it would have been high school because I didn't get my own PC or my own laptop until then. Okay. So it wasn't for a long time. It was a lot of theorizing until then. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, so you go to school for digital culture and, like, you specifically want to apply that towards games. Yeah, I want to do sound design mostly. But okay. I just kind of ended up doing a lot of stuff. Digital culture is so vague in itself that it's just, like, it's, like, uh, well, it's, like, art, but learning the tools of Photoshop and not just that, just any software that you would use digitally. Yeah. What, what, what makes you want to do sound design? I, I think that just adds so much to a game. Like, 
just like there's so many iconic sounds in games I feel like are overlooked that without that it would be missing so much yeah I think sounds are a big reason of why like games become nostalgic to people honestly yeah because you, you look at somebody like Nakey Jakey and how like he just kind of sprinkles like various like sounds that are yeah. clearly like favorites of his in his videos and like unfamiliar places and like you'll 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 hear like rap songs like sampling like little like sounds here or there and yeah. it just like gives you this like immediate endorphin rush. My fascination with it started with the Wilhelm scream actually oh, really? when I realized that that was something that was overused and I realized it was almost like an industry standard kind of jokey thing. Yeah. And then I, I started hearing other, like, sounds that were similar to each other. And I started realizing, like, oh, this is, like, a free sound that someone pulled. Or, like, this is just from someone's yeah. library or, like, a public library. I remember my brother always claimed he, like, was able to tell the difference between the handful of, like, laugh tracks they used in Drake and Josh. He just started <laughs> noticing the same woman, like, over yeah, and over yeah, and yeah. over again. <laughs> and I could never really hear it. But, like, I yeah, stuff like that was always interesting to me too where you're trying to like pick things apart and like figure out like the inside jokes and like kind of the nature of how things are made yeah and and to touch on like the whole 8-bit thing we were talking about again just like the the limitations of those era of games because when you think 8-bit you usually think of like you know old school mario um they had to work with so little storage space that they had to reuse sounds in a really creative way mm-hmm. um like bowser's sound in the original mario bros Mm -hmm. is the same as boo's sound they just sped it up oh really yeah and there's tons of instances of that kind of stuff where to save storage space because they're so limited the way mario 64 sounds is like haunting to me there's something (laughs) about that game where it's like a horror genre game yeah (laughs) so then when youtube like took me down the mario 64 like creepypasta world like it's like i'm like yeah okay other people had the same feeling that's the best rabbit hole to go down like i feel like when you're in the hub world lobby like it's supposed to feel happy but it's like there's something about like that organ yeah. playing in the background like it has yeah. like this echo where you're like where am i yeah. i don't feel safe <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really interesting to see how like early composers and sound designers did that kind of stuff because it was like there was no precedent for video games to be have that done like film was there but like yeah having a player interact with it was new yeah really popular video essayist did this video essay on um super NES music and he spoke mostly about uh, david wise composing the mm-hmm. donkey kong country 2 music yeah oh god but one of my favorite when you go in the comments there's tons of people calling him out for being really lazy on his research for the video saying that he said a lot of really factually inaccurate things because <laughs> he was saying how like there's like a sound chip in there and like how the dsp can only hold like 64 kilobits of ram mm-hmm. and how like because of that they were like limited to like that amount of sound files but there's tons of people in the comments saying that like that's not how ram works and yeah how, like the cart the, the cartridge itself could store like almost like unlimited sound or something like yeah. that and like the whole notion of what he was saying was kind of incorrect but it, it still was true like you were saying like they're limited to really small size like like wave files and things like yeah. that and um so david wise the composer is actually in the comments like clarifying a bunch of things oh that's awesome yeah yeah yeah. and like i guess he was inspired by like these new synthesizer technology where you could like string like waves together so he like used like hexadecimal code to like record like a million different like fractional like wave sounds and he like basically like blended them all together to like create these really intricate like beautiful yeah yeah, the, those Super Nintendo David Wise uh, like compose songs are they sound like nothing else. Like he's he had it figured out. I have such a respect for 
people like him or like Koji Kondo, who I, is like one of my personal heroes. What did he do? Um, so he's he's pretty much solo composed every Mario and Zelda game up to almost Wind Waker. He almost did most of Wind Waker. So did he not do Galaxy? Uh, he was like the lead person on it, but he didn't do everything. Okay. Um, but like, he was like kind of just a programmer that was tasked with making sound because oh, wow. like back in the first Mario games it was just like he just kind of winged it and then he's now like one of the most renowned video game composers of all time like his all of his sounds like Zelda music Mario music is so iconic it's insane yeah no I I think Zelda music is really influential on like music music yeah honestly like when you listen to it I'm like oh like music today kind of is like a post Zelda world I don't know how to describe <laughs> post that. Zelda just sometimes I'm listening to something and I'm like this seems Zelda inspired <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like to, to go from like being so limited as to like make little chip tunes for a Nintendo to orchestrating like full orchestral pieces for mm-hmm. Super Mario Galaxy it's like you like he wasn't even trying to go down that path yeah i remember when they were promoting the Wii at like E3 and stuff they were like unveiling Wii music and they're like you're going to have so, so much fun with your friends playing <laughs> these so maracas <laughs> dude i was like 11 so like they made me want that shit I when they were why. like they were like fake playing the xylophone and it was like not synced up like dude dude yeah, there was like they had a whole <laughs> band of people with Wiimotes like playing a song together. Yeah, dude, that was so corny, but it, it's that Nintendo fun that you wouldn't yeah. get from anything else. It's, it's really funny where every time they invent a console, it's like groundbreaking technology, but then they pick like this really whack early yeah. game for them to like showcase it, <laughs> like Zombie U. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. For <laughs> Wii U, they're like, like, they're like, we're in the shooter game <laughs> competition now, Zombie U. Zombie U, what a horrible name, dude. The the marketing of the Wii U is like such a tragedy. I know, like it was literally. We know now that it was just a predecessor to the Switch, but like when I picked up to play, replay Wind Waker HD and felt how bulky that thing was, I was like, "Oh man, they yeah. came a long way." Yeah, well, it's funny too because like I was I was like tapped into stuff enough to where I just knew like, yeah, this is the new Nintendo console to be excited about. But then I would talk to people who just legitimately thought it was like an add-on thing to their wii and they didn't realize that nintendo had even yeah. made a new console and I'm yeah like, oh shit how, how people are really not understanding this and like it was in a weird place where it still used the wiimote because it kind of had to but one person used the gamepad but then smash was the only game that people wanted so they still had to make like the little like adapter for gamecube so like we don't even know what controller we use for this thing <laughs> yeah i i remember seeing it at a target and i didn't even realize it like like had dropped yet and like just seeing one in person i'm like whoa it's a wii u in real life yeah really weird looking i i, I miss when they would like well I, I don't really miss this but was it like remember like when they had like donkey kong country be playable but with bongos <laughs> yes <laughs> they're always trying to do some smart ass shit <laughs> dude i'm i'm into that like have you ever seen when people would beat dark souls with like a guitar hero controller oh no. and stuff like that people have gone even further and that's another thing I'm fascinated with is like wiring like controllers, like mm-hmm. as it relates to sound and like making little soundboards and stuff. But I've seen people do it, and this is crazy. They would take a banana 
and wire it in such a way so that pressing on the banana in certain points would yeah. be a controller and they'd beat dark souls with a banana <laughs> i remember seeing those videos and thinking like oh i want to learn how to do that but like i never had like the patience or it's the, the intellect <laughs> yeah like for one of my things in college or my community college i had like a little electronic music class I just made like a little drum sampler with an Xbox controller, uh-huh. and I just that thought I thought that was really cool. I remember being at a pep rally once, and this kid I knew like pulled out a laptop. We were up in the bleachers, and he like pulled out a laptop and a PlayStation controller and started playing Melee on his laptop. The like, wild, <laughs> wild. <laughs> there was this um in in eighth grade. There was this kid who we, we had this hard this like drive that was shared on the whole school where you could only upload stuff to it but you couldn't delete stuff off of it and it was Uh-oh. like it was like a pre-cloud yeah cloud system where you could like put your homework on it and then your teachers could get it but other students couldn't delete your homework so this kid put a cd-rom of halo on the x drive and like the faculty couldn't do anything wow. about it so there was this like, hero yeah there was like this like blood gulch server with like 200 like sixth graders <laughs> just like there was like a full-on real war happening you know that image of a bunch of people doing like a you're, you know what a land party is right yeah yeah of course, you know. Some people don't know. And I, then, yeah, <laughs> just explain what it is. Well, LAN is just like local network. So, like, you're playing essentially what would be online, but with a group of friends. So, like, you you had to bring s- several Xboxes over, but everyone could play multiplayer, mm-hmm. uh, like Halo, but on their separate consoles and, yeah. and stuff. But like, I remember seeing this one image of a bunch of dudes crammed into one room, and one guy is like duct taped to an air duct, <laughs> and he's like he's like holding like a controller, like looking at a tv from like above oh my god it's like it's this is a lost a, a, an image lost to time that is forever ingrained in my memory wait, it's real yeah it's real like this it was like wait, a, the person is duct yeah to an air vent i'll send it to you on the video you can timestamp it <laughs> i don't understand why is this out? just to fit him in the room i don't know i think it's just a joke but <laughs> Like there was clearly room for him. <laughs> you said it like we had to do what we had to do back then. It kind of seems like what it was, like what it was saying. But clearly they had room. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I had a. I was trying to remember another like meme image, but I lost it. Um, yeah, I remember always playing like a lot of flash player games too. Ooh. My favorites were Dolphin Olympics too. I don't even know that one. And balloons. Oh, you don't know Dolphin Olympics? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> um, basically, you're this dolphin and you're underwater and there's these hoops you can go through that give you speed boosts. But the whole point is to flip up in the water. And each time you go down and up successfully, you get more and more airtime and you can do flips. And you can go high enough to go out of the solar system. <laughs> so like the first so it's like the moon and then mars and like it you can get like but the thing is is the velocity gets higher and higher and higher yeah you're hurtling down from space when you go in the water you have like a split second moment to like hit right and like have them like (laughs) turn back up (laughs) i remember there was like uh when i was looking for those kind of flash players you could organize them by like category of games and i started getting obsessed with games where you could level up your character Oh, yeah. I didn't know what, a, what an RPG was. <laughs> I was like, what are level up games? And then I found a website called Level Up Games. Oh, wow. But it was not that. But, Did uh, you ever play the Black Knight? No. You're just well, a, maybe. I don't know. You're just this guy walking and people come past you and you whack them and you get money. And you can... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like GTA. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can like upgrade your, your weapon as you go along. Um, 
What about the Disney Channel experiment 625 sandwich stack? Oh, game? dude, yeah, classic. <laughs> yeah, classic. Such a, <laughs> yeah. We'll never get to that level of gaming again. <laughs> if they made that for console for $2, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those kind of games and like Club Penguin and like Neopets games were just like hilarious. I never, I never played Club Penguin or Neopets. Club Penguin was gang mentality on the internet. <laughs> what? Dude. Like, I got banned uh, on Club Penguin because I was trying to tell someone to change their, like, color of penguin to match mine. But then someone, like, reported me for being racist. And based off the text, they were right. Well, you're telling I was them like, to be you black? Should... <laughs> yeah, something like that. I was like, like, oh, I don't like purple penguins. Wait a minute. That's not racist. <laughs> there was less context than that. But, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. We always had really um, wacky games for our N64 growing up because our parents were just buying like random shit because yeah. that was like the entry point to us owning video games. Uh-huh. So I remember we had this platformer called Chameleon Twist 2. Oh, God. <laughs> and we never had Chameleon Twist. But you, you put, it's kind of like Mario 64 a little bit. And it has like five levels. And each level is just really long. And you, you have to get to the end of all of them. And at, at the end, there's like a boss battle. And we could never get to the end of the first level my whole childhood. So <laughs> I, I didn't beat it until I was an adult. There was a Toy Story game for Nintendo 64 that was like a surprisingly good platformer just like that. But I love the level of that type of game. You ever played Bubsy? No. Bubsy 3D? What's that? Oh, my God. Bubsy was like a cat character that was supposed to compete with the likes of Mario and Sonic. What? And he was just like... He would crack really bad jokes all the time, but like for some reason, he's a bobcat, but he can fly. I think I know what this is. Yeah, keep, keep we've talk, watched a video about Bubsy before, but yeah, no, Bubsy was just like the worst thing possible. <laughs> yeah. And like when they did a 3D game, it was like horrible, horrible. But uh, I played that on Super Nintendo <laughs> a few times. Yeah, uh, I've always, that kind of reminds me of that game Croc. Oh god. I never owned Croc, but I remember I, know, the, I, was, yeah. I remember the box art and I always assumed it was good, but apparently it's not. No. I have never played it either, but it seems bad <laughs> based off the box art. Yeah. Um do you have a favorite uh Pokemon? Just a Pokemon? Or the game. Oh like oh yeah, uh Ruby Ruby and uh Sapphire and Emerald. Yeah, I definitely. Would say, I would say Emerald. Yeah, probably one. just Emerald. I have nostalgia for Ruby cuz that was my first one. The music is so good in that. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, the first two games a little bit better for music, but it's still really good in, in Gen 3. I think Gen 3 covers all the bases and is probably the best Pokemon game. Yeah, Gen 3 was the first one I owned myself, so like I have like a really nostalgic association with like Fortree City and uh, Little mm-hmm. Root. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah, it... um. Yeah, like the reason I think like they fucked up Pokemon so bad right now is the art style is that such an in-between place where like... They're trying to make it 3D, but it's still the same design logic as, like, the 8-bit ones, where, like, there's still just these zones of, like, it'll just be a wall of, like, 80 mountain, or uh, tiny trees, you know, keeping you from going in an area, and it has this, like, overhead view, but now in the art style, the overhead view makes it to where you can see less stuff. Yeah. And it's just really gross looking. (laughs) There's a lot of things like that, like, the translation from 2D to 3D kind of messed up the style of game, like, Zelda... I think, I mean, there's tons of videos of this, but, like, I think Ocarina of Time is 
like super super overrated really because they they kept a lot of the same ideals of like a 2d game into a 3d game where you would like if anyone's watching this that like knows the youtube eco raptor they'll they'll call me out on like copying what he's saying but it's true in that like if you walk in a room where there's traps and stuff in a 2d environment you can see from above that everything and you can like make a plan to dodge the traps but then when you walk into a room and in, like, in 3D and there's the same kind of traps, you just walk around a corner and there's just like a thing there. It just hits you. It's like, wow, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I had no way of knowing. Yeah. It's, it's bad design. Yeah. I. Yeah, that's that sort of stuff's interesting to me. Like with, um, with Pokemon, like it's just in this weird in-between where I feel like now it's like kind of less nostalgic feeling because before I feel like with the 2D you kind of got like a love for like the layout of the city, you know, you can see everything clearly. And like you just said, like things are kind of like almost designed in like tunnel systems where, like, right. where you're blocked off from places. But now it's like, just, I don't know how to like word it. It's just like less interesting looking. Yeah. And like, I, I, I've always said like, I want them to like fully commit to making like a breath of the wild, like scale game for Pokemon, because I feel yeah. like it's a world that totally deserves you being able to like run around fully open yeah, world and absolutely. climb mountains and like use your Pokemon to like navigate around. We can agree that breath of the wild is the pinnacle of gaming, right? Dude, it's the best. It's like a perfect fucking game. It's, it's, it's the only Zelda I've played. Like we never, that's the thing. We never owned like the mainstream titles as kids, uh-huh. so like we would rent Smash sixty four like a million times over, but never bought it for some reason. So like we never had Zelda. Yeah, it's like um, it's weird because like we were playing Wind Waker in the room the other day, um, and you like didn't you weren't really familiar with like the mechanics. I was like, Don't, didn't you play Breath of the Wild though? Like, shouldn't you know? And I realized like Zelda's like Breath of the Wild's not really a Zelda game. Like, it's just a good game. Like it it the reason it's so successful is that they kind of threw away this stuff that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And like, it's just like everyone's had their own experience. Not one person has been like, Oh yeah, I, I, I did this the same exact way as you. Like, well, everyone's I, unique. I remember you found like a heart and I was like, you can find hearts, which I, which I did know, but it's <laughs> yeah. just like, you don't really do that in breath of the wild. So I didn't think about it. Like you gotta like cook food. Yeah, I think Wind Waker is the best Zelda game, like Zelda Zelda game. But Breath of the Wild, if, if you include Breath of the Wild, then it's it blows no everything away. Yeah, it was so funny to me when they announced that they were making a sequel too, just because the thought was just like, how do they throw this away? Like this culmination of work for them to just like be like, okay, we're done with that. We got to reinvent the wheel again. Like they, they, there's no way they were ready to do that. They were like, we need to make another one. We made something too good. And it was another game where they focused on the movement a lot. I feel like these huge innovations, Mario 64 and Breath of the Wild, came from a focus on like just the simply moving around being fun. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's why I like uh, Smash Bros. Yeah, the, really the two most undesirable things about Breath of the Wild is anytime you just got to like climb a tower for yeah. forever. But for some reason, when you tie a mountain, when you when you gotta climb a mountain, like I did find that part interesting because I would always think like, do I have enough stamina to get to the top of this, and can I like yeah. creatively like pace out like the way I'm walking up it to like get to the top? Yeah, where you would have like maybe like measured your stamina and like done like what you know just whatever it takes to get up there. Someone else might have gotten some metal pieces and then made themselves a catapult to launch themselves to the top of the mountain. Or someone might have set fire to the grass to create an updraft and then ride the wind up. Yeah, if if you're not doing that, you're failing. Yeah, it's like... (laughs) 
it's so it's just so good because it's like you're not really like playing a game for like getting to the task you're just playing like it's a sandbox yeah i remember when they showed the trailer and the the first thing that really caught my eye or like the the let's play or whatever it is and um the guy like cut down a tree and then used it to cross yeah i was like oh that's what i want games yeah. to be yeah yeah and that's what i think <laughs> so pokemon good. should be because there was this like really popular tweet where this guy did these like photoshop edits of like of like red like using pokemon but in the breath of the wild universe like they yeah. like did like a uh, concept art for like what I've been like yelling about for forever mm-hmm. and there were so many negative replies I was blown away people were saying this looks gross this would never work and I was like you people don't know ha- how to dream have you seen gameplay of the Xenoblade and Chronicles games um, like where Shulk's from so not really I've just been told that people really like it but it's also a lot of running and like nothing's going on there is a little bit of that but like it's basically uh like pokemon that you're collecting something except they're anime waifus <laughs> but like xenoblade chronicles 2 specifically you're kind of just like collecting these characters and you're running through an open world and it's a good fighting system it's like i might as well have been collecting pokemon and this could have been a whole new fresh take on pokemon the way i look at it is like it when you're in zelda and you like you pull up on like a group of moblins and like they're all like just enjoying themselves and when you get within a certain proximity it turns into like a fight yeah that should just be like a group of wild pokemon and then when you pull up to them you can use a control to throw out any of your uh pokemon that you have in your party and then just kind of like when you're playing pokemon trainer in smash or you're playing pokemon you then just have the ability to run around as that guy and like go attack them the same way that you would attack them as link yeah. You know, and then it just becomes like you'd be switching from Breath of the Wild gameplay to like Pokemon style gameplay where then like you're yeah. fighting something oh, out. Be so hype. And then yeah, and like in Pokemon Stadium they had the mechanic where like you you had six Pokemon in your party but you could only select three to battle with. So mm-hmm. when you were in the selection stage, you just hit a different button to like decide like which one you're selecting. Yeah. So they could just have a mechanic where you hit a button and then that's how you know like which one you're you're spawning. You should really play Genshin Impact. Yeah, that's the what that's you're the, describing is like that. I got yeah, like the the one the one thing is there's so many different moves. Yeah. Like obviously they would have to like design so yeah, much. Yeah, they would have well they'd probably have to dumb it down and like have it just be like maybe a couple different specials per They're making um like a MOBA game for Pokemon. What's a MOBA? It's like League of Legends okay. and stuff like that. They're like never top played. down like it's I, my friend really tried to get me into it but it's like it's another thing that i consider to be toxic therefore i don't want to like associate with when i see those my eyes like freak out like i don't even know what i'm looking at i think the like the um reaction time and like just knowing like your your moves cooldowns and stuff and the spacing of it is really fascinating um but I don't know. It gets it's really competitive. Like that level of esports is actually insane, and people win a lot of money. Yeah. You wonder why poke or uh, why Smash Bros isn't like that. You know, like they don't. Nintendo doesn't support Smash at all. Yeah. Um, so are you saying that like it it's not as big and competitive as a result of the company itself not getting behind? Yeah, that? they're not really backing it. I think the only reason it's really uh surviving now like especially melee and it's it's a miracle that melee's still around but uh it's because the community is like all over it and they want to play that why do you think nintendo has that attitude well they don't want the game to be competitive to begin with i don't well, think but why 
I don't know. I, I guess because, like, even with, like, Splatoon, they back Splatoon competitive a whole bunch. They do? Yeah. Um, they hold tournaments for that, and they sponsor that kind of stuff, which is strange that they wouldn't do it for Smash, but I think... It's, like, one of the most intricate fighting games ever made. I know. Like, and, they, and they're like, go casually have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Like, maybe that's a decision from uh, Sakurai himself or, like, the developing team from Sora. Yeah, I think he is the only person on Sora. I don't know what that is. It's his. So he's his uh, development thing is like Sora Limited, and I'm pretty sure he said in a recent interview that he is Sora Limited. Like that's just him. <laughs> that's that's a crazy and thing. And he just works with other people. Wow, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, no, like that's where like I started to see more and more people just kind of complain about Nintendo in terms of them just like not giving people what they want necessarily and yeah now i see it everywhere yeah and like once they do get what they want people start crying about it anyways yeah (laughs) it's just like yeah no it's been interesting to see people like complain so much about uh super mario 3d all-stars yeah because i'm i'm just like a normal consumer where i'm like oh cool they're porting these these games i love i get to play mario sunshine handheld what i've always wanted my whole childhood (laughs) but then everybody's like finding these like really little things to be like super upset at yeah i think i exist somewhere between that like typical angry video game nerd and like where you're at like a casual gamer although it might be a bad influence on you because i'm making you <laughs> see more and more see well, the darkness well people people pointed out how like it's like relative to other things like pretty overpriced um mm-hmm. and how like that sets a precedent for them remaking games in the future yeah yeah like uh, to touch on genshin again i told you like maybe it was like two weeks ago they already grossed like a hundred million dollars in sales for a game that's free on launch yeah that's crazy uh, it's because it's that gotcha that gotcha pawn style of gaming where it's just like a lottery it's like loot boxes and stuff yeah people no. will pay for that yeah <laughs> um the whole like freemium thing where like right. it's free but then you you pay for for the sauce yeah yeah you gotta pay for the sauce if dr mario was dlc i would pay dude that's what was bullshit in smash 4 they they made lucas dlc but he wasn't in the past and i was a lucas man so they just made me like have to pay money to like get my favorite character and that's kind of before people started complaining about uh like companies putting out unfinished games and then finishing later with paid dlc yeah i kind of feel like that's what happened with lucas like they didn't have time to co- to finish him <laughs> yeah. so they didn't <laughs> that's how it felt because i was like why wasn't he just in this when you guys yeah. put out this game i feel like the only true dlc was like bayonetta and cloud and corin that's something i really like about overwatch like i bought that game years ago and every time i come back to it there's all these new characters and stages that i don't know anything about and it's all free like they just keep updating it yeah overwatch does it right i think i think you would really like that game it feels like the super smash bros of shooting games to me i just don't think i had uh like a group of friends that i wanted to play it with really well, I play it. It's very fun. <laughs> Fine. I'm just really enraged that you can't like play two-player on the couch with a friend. Yeah, dude. Ugh. The whole modern gaming phenomenon where like you can't play most games like with your friend. It's a tragedy. Sitting in the same room. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Because I, I bought Mario Galaxy 2 in seventh grade, and then like I just didn't buy another video game until senior year of high school when i got uh like a new ds and i got pokemon y like for some reason i just kind of stopped buying games for like all of high school Mm -hmm. so i missed this whole evolution era 
and now that like i've come back to like playing games more often i see like all these things that i'm like what happened <laughs> like i feel yeah. like a, i feel like i've time traveled and i'm in this bad alternate timeline everything's like <laughs> fucked up because you and i were trying to play something and you were like i think i gotta play in the other room on my console it's so i know ridiculous. right god like wasn't sakurai even showing that like in his house he has like two TVs. he does he has two other? tvs <laughs> that's so stupid yeah no like i i really miss that that was like the quality i looked for in, in most games growing up was can i play it like with a friend yeah because i have like playstation plus now and it's given me all this free shit so it gave me like call of duty and i think like you and i were trying to like play a game or something and then like yep. i i was like searching and searching for like the multiplayer and you were like i don't think it's there i'm like why would it not be here it has to be here and like I eventually i gave up <laughs> it's so dumb and like some of my best memories were like couch co-op i think that's why let's plays are like popular because like there's like a void yeah it's like there's that missing part of playing a game with a friend on your couch yeah <laughs> like and it's just fun or, especially when it's two people or being the guy playing a one-player game and making their friend watch yeah <laughs> that was me <laughs> that was absolutely me dude chibi robo is so fun <sighs> we gotta play it then yeah you're this little like flashlight outlet motherfucker and you just clean this family's home and then there's like this really dark <laughs> story arc that happens for no reason yeah there's a, there's a lot left to be desired in in the like gaming world and I feel like people are just now opening their eyes to it. So I so I hope couch co-op comes back. But like I think it was really fascinating at the start of quarantine um like when everyone started getting into Animal Crossing cuz people knew what it was already, but it was suddenly like supplementary for like real world stuff. Yeah, they couldn't have put Animal Crossing out at a better time, like the second week of quarantine. Yo, Isabel created COVID. Oh my God. To sell Animal Crossing. <laughs> in her Remember Gucci, that. In her Gucci sweater. <laughs> yeah, in the Gucci sweater. Yeah, no, Animal Crossing was this really interesting thing where we were all told, like, we can't go outside or, like, visit each other, but then everybody was right. like, come to my island. Right. And it's just. Being being in a major where I'm learning how to apply digital stuff to to be supplemental of court of culture, it's it's really interesting to see this stuff take place of normal stuff. Do you get worried about that though? Sometimes I get a little bit nervous about the future of VR and just imagining people like spending like majorities of their day like in a VR headset because right and it's not like an anti technology thing. It's just more like right now like screen use time with uh, smartphones is just like really really bad and it's creating like unprecedented levels of like insomnia and things like that yeah like, it's just the numbers so like i picture a world where like ready player one type technology just gets increasingly more popular and like what that means for the average person and how they spend their time i hope augmented reality um stays strong and stuff like um like that mario kart game that came out where it's like <laughs> you're controlling a real cart and stuff yeah um personally i just get motion sick when i look at virtual reality i don't think it can be like the real thing mm -hmm. unless they were able to tap into your nerve system and well Neuralink. i mean that, Elon yeah. musk <laughs> yeah no it, once that's a thing that'll <laughs> that'll be the end of it all that that's gonna like really change things up do you trust Elon musk no <laughs> I, I think I, I think I decided I'm gonna start asking every guest. <laughs> really, have you? <laughs> That'll be. He's too, he's too super villain like. Mm, see, I I I still am on the side of, <laughs> of trusting him, but like I think 
he's playing with fire. Yeah. There's like a lot of stuff I like that he does, but I the criticisms towards Neuralink and things of that nature, like it's just more and more apparent to me like oh shit, this is bad. Yeah. Like I know I I know that like his whole thing is like hey, like AI is going to be a major problem and like we might have to surrender to it, so I'm just going to create a system in which we can merge with it and hope for the best. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that shit where you said to me that that's a real concern of my lifetime when I was a child, I'd be like, oh shit, I really have been born in the future. I know. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really thought about that stuff. Like I was thinking the other day, like how at the end of 2020 that we're not out of everything. And like with the election coming up, how things are getting, it looks like things are going back downhill. So at the start of 2021, we're going to be worse off than at the beginning, of, the beginning 2020. of 2020. And that's baffling to think about. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot, too, because I think we've spent a lot of 2020 just thinking, like, oh, I can't wait for it to be over. But that's what we thought in 2019. I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like when people were making videos like that one Jakey video where he was like, can't wait till 2020. <laughs> oh, we got to clip that. Yeah. There's this end of 2019. There's this naked Jakey video where he's like, and future Jakey in 2020, I hope you're thriving. I hope you're attacking life with a with a tiger claws intensity because in 2019, you're not doing so good. I know you're killing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> really killing it in 2020. The cruel, cruel irony. Yeah. So... What I mean is I'm not thinking too far in the future right now. Yeah, no, thinking about fair. next month. Well, what was really interesting to me is he, he announced Neuralink with, like, pretty high detail. Like, right. I think maybe even, like, two years ago now. I could, that may, Maybe it was too long ago, maybe, like, a year and a half or so. But the point is, is, like, it's been public knowledge that he's been working on this brain chip for a while that will, like, in theory support, like, biological augmented reality and stuff like that. And nobody started talking about it like on like twitter and stuff until like the last handful of months ago mm -hmm. so it's always interesting to me how like these like really really major advancements in like culture and technology can happen and like if it's not trending or something like people don't know about it mm -hmm. like we're so beholden to like these like single sources of like getting information now just from like social circles to like what's trending to this and that that like the whole information flow can be really, really limited and manipulated ways these days. Yeah. So it's, uh, it was interesting to me that like I could bring up something like Neuralink and people are like, what is that? And I'm like, oh no, people don't <laughs> know that the brain chip is being worked on. Yeah. But now people seem to know. I only have like no vaguely of it too. So it's like scary, but he basically, I know the concept. He basically explained that he thinks like the thing that's holding back humanity the most is like bandwidth issues. So, like, in other words, like, the reason he's making the underground tunnels is he thinks, like, okay, if I can fractionalize, like, the burden of traffic, then, like, society, in theory, progresses, like, twice as fast. Mm -hmm. um, very simple, like, logic there. So, like, when it comes to how we interface with, like, phones and stuff, he's like, why should I have to use my five fingers when I should just be able to think and then have my phone do it? <sighs> so, like, he literally is like... I'm going to make it to where you just you use your technology using your thoughts. And in theory, we'll get to telekinesis and we'll just start Hell talking yeah. in our heads. And he even implied that you could become immortal and load your consciousness into a new unit. Like those are his words. <laughs> Dude, 
Imagine and in, and then in 2040, you're just minding your own business, and then the consciousness of Kanye West <laughs> comes on your telecommunicator. <laughs> well, the, that's the thing. I think of the Black Mirror episode where they're, they're all stuck in a reality show, and they and like their bedrooms are like these six screen walls and it forces them to watch like porn ads and stuff and like how they can't <laughs> escape like the malware of society yeah oh man this thing about having a microchip in your head it's like i don't <laughs> that sounds the, really dicey the malware of society that's such a like a powerful sounding like doesn't apply to us now yeah but in the future it's a very very scary thought it's a very matrix thought yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh the other thing is that he has to drill like a quarter of your skull out and that's where it goes yeah and he said apparently it's attached with super glue but he said apparently <laughs> he, like he, he but apparently in Just surgery in super glue is common and i'm like in surgery super glue is common <laughs> i didn't know that there's people walking around with super glue in them <laughs> walking around with metal knees and Anyways, stuff i kind of took us down a tangent yeah i, was, I, <laughs> I don't know I, I was just thinking about vr gaming and stuff like that and how much time people will spend because recently i've gotten really really interested in um uh what's that vr game people are playing vr chat <laughs> that whole have you like entered that rabbit hole at all uh yeah i've just seen funny meme stuff uh but like there there's some really real connections that i've had simply over like xbox live communications and if i was in a virtual world with that at that age i feel like i wouldn't want to leave i wouldn't live that world forever yeah um I don't know if you're familiar with this or if I've shown it to you, but there's like these YouTubers who go into VR chat and they like conduct interviews with people. Oh, yeah. So they're not like long form like podcasts, but they'll find people to like talk to and they'll make these like 20 minute videos. And like what's really interesting is like all the all the channels I find doing this. And I imagine at this point they're influencing each other. So I don't know why it naturally went this way, but they're all asking people really really personal stories and questions and people tell these like really like heart-wrenching and beautiful like life stories but as they're like an yeah. avatar yeah. of like <laughs> tony the tiger <laughs> and really funny i think it's because like it's so anonymous and like they're in this stripped down world where like <laughs> yeah they're playing as an avatar and they're talking with somebody from like a different country or something it's um really beautiful and sad and interesting like and like kind of like human conditioning all at the same time and it's uh really fascinating to me that like right now like there's like x thousand people like doing that right now interfacing with each other like while we talk every day dude it's like we're not far from sword art online you okay I, with that i've watched a little bit of sword art online and every time i bring it up whoever i'm talking to is like you don't need to finish it yeah no you don't why why does it just get really bad it just gets really bad it's like okay. once they get past the concept of like uh society is stuck in a game if you die in the game you die in real life it's not much deeper than it just that. gets boring well i mean like they just kind of skip that and like the drama is like of the characters and not really what's happening and then they like continue the seasons but you no longer die in the game so it's like well they're just playing a game now okay i see what are the consequences yeah, I um I have not seen too much anime, but I I really enjoy My Hero Academia, and it's been fun rewatching <laughs> that. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, and it it's just uh, I don't know. It focuses so much better on character development than any other superhero type media does. Yeah, I was saying to you, I want to do like a video essay comparing it to the MCU and how like My Hero Academia has like figured out how to make like fight scenes really really interesting because. 
like for one thing all the powers are so incredibly unique that it's like kind of like all about matchups like yeah. kind of like in a video game while when you're watching like a live action superhero movie usually it's just brute force versus brute force and then the filmmakers just decide this one went stronger uh, yeah but in the anime like things are so di- like you have a girl who can create objects versus a guy who can i don't know you know like change matter or something like that and then it all becomes about psychology and like reading the room yeah it's it's really interesting and i really like the like social commentary that kind of exists in the show in that when there's like characters that are they have like a power that just kind of seems like they're genetically dispositioned to doing something evil yeah (laughs) like they like their power is if you answer my question you freeze in place like how are you going to be a good guy with that power? <laughs> yeah, but then you have that guy really want to be a hero and he's dealing right. with like... That's what's, I think, so brilliant about it taking place in school because it takes in the whole like adolescent nature of yeah. people judging each other. It really shows how like a society where people with like really imbalanced like power levels inherently is like really, really interesting in a way that like I've never really seen done in like live action, like superhero content. Yeah. That's why I think like Spider-Man's like the best like superhero of that kind because like his whole world is so interesting compared to other shit. Like I don't know that much about comics, but the fact that Spider-Man has his whole own universe with like so many villains, it, like it's like because you have the Marvel universe and then you can zoom into Spider-Man and there's so much going on there alone. Yeah. I know that that can be said about other heroes, but like he's like really relatable and he's like a kid and there's so much to be said there and then like a lot of other stuff just seems kind of boring yeah dull in comparison he's like we all hate superman but then in my hero academia all might is basically superman and we love the shit out of him yeah. like he's such a good character yeah they, they did it really well and they they gave him depth instead of being a strong man from another planet <laughs> that somehow can fly yeah dude, i love the implicate well that's what's really cool about them making like the powers like biologically explainable because like we know like with him for instance he's basically just really strong but he's just progressively getting stronger and stronger so the fact that you're seeing him like fly around and like change the weather with a punch you just it just implies like yo he's that strong he's just (laughs) repelling gravity with brute force (laughs) (laughs) yeah what happens in a society when everyone's super it's like what uh (laughs) syndrome i think when everyone's super no one is dude i kind of unironically think about that a lot honestly because the whole premise of syndrome in um the incredibles was that he was going to give everybody like high-powered technology to make them like more than man and because of that it's going to like dull out society mm-hmm. and that, like sometimes i feel like that's what's going on because yeah. we're all being given like this equalized level of like smartphones and internet access and this and that and like the way it like now is like trapping all of our attention and our time and things like that it's really interesting to me yeah when everyone has a podcast no one will exactly <laughs> but no like i i really think like that is like the greatest like inspiration for doing things though um because it really is easy to think like everybody's doing something so like why bother but the people who wind up um accomplishing things are usually people that just decide to like take on like a skill or a hobby because they felt like it like yeah like i will learn how to play guitar or learn how to use photoshop or i'll make a podcast even though there's like a hundred other ones you know yeah like why did you start editing videos Oh, man. I wanted to get ahead in my class because I didn't do any video editing until I started at ASU, which was just like a year and a half ago. And uh, I just wanted to get ahead of class. And I thought, you know, people are making little funny montages of their combos in uh, Smash Bros. So why don't I have a try at that? So I, I did a couple of those. And then, I don't know, it just it just turned out to be 
really fun and I felt like there was a little bit of a a lack in creativity in some of the people's videos that do that. So I was like, you know what? I'm a little more musically inclined than some people seem to be in this. So why don't I yeah. put a little more emphasis on that? Yeah, no, you're really, I was saying to you, you're really good at it. Like you're a naturally good video editor. Thank you. Yeah. Like when, when you watch your videos, like they're, they're really funny and they have like a good rhythm to them. And it seems because there, there is some film students who I know who like have degrees and like, they're not as good an editor as you. And I think that just kind of goes to show is like, it's always like one part trying and another part like having like some like natural intuition for skill i find like um working with something really limited is is more uh it's easier to understand like i i think film is really interesting but the like the vast number of possibilities of where my camera could be where the lighting is everything is too much where if i'm working with a already established gaming mechanic or system i can be really creative with what i have in front of me so yeah no i resonate with that a lot i've always been really inspired by like minimalists who are able to do a lot with a little like i i was always like mindset wise i've been really inspired by jack white because like he would talk about how like with the white stripes he would try to create as many limitations as possible like he would use like these like 20 dollar plastic guitars and he would measure out like the perfect distance of the keyboard to the microphone and then he would make it a few feet further away than that to force himself yeah to struggle and the synthesizer he plays on icky thump if he hits two keys at once it cancels out the sound so uh-huh. he has to hit every note like perfectly because it's like the first synthesizer that was ever made yeah and he's also like cool. playing guitar like while doing it so he's like intermittently like yeah. You know, like that sort of like mentality of like, cause I remember he always just explained like it makes things more interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I love the idea of that. Yeah. I mean, just look at, uh, how creative, um, fell in love with the girls music video is the, the Lego the Legos. One? Yeah. Yeah. That shit's nuts. That one's crazy. And it's just, it's just Legos. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why, um, like, like I wind up directing like a lot of like rap music videos and like I try to make them like somewhat conceptually interesting, whether or not they're simple or complicated, just because when I started making music videos, I just realized that like so much local stuff can wind up being like, oh, let's just go like film in a parking lot, you know? Yeah. And my immediate first thought is like, why would you not think of the most interesting place you can go to? Yeah. You know? Um, and like, it, it, like with you, like I remember like I was saying how... I could see people in the comments saying like, oh, wow, he cuts the video to the beat of the song. Yeah. And you're (laughs) like, like, why wouldn't they do that, though? (laughs) Then you realize that there's like probably people with like tons and tons of views who didn't even do that bare minimum. stuff. Yeah. They're all meme culture stuff, which I'm a fan of. But like you're good at memes. (laughs) (laughs) I live and breathe memes. (laughs) But I don't know. It's been done before. And it's it's relatable. So it's funny. But I want to break the mold a little bit. What made you want to start like doing your own like song edits? Because I find that to be like another like extra <laughs> mile thing that you're doing. Uh, I mean, it all in all, it started as just kind of a way to toy around with with stuff. So I just thought they were funny, to be honest. But like, I I kind of failed with music stuff early on, and I got a little frustrated with that. So I put that on the back burner and started doing sound design and found a lot more fun in that. But then when I came back to Smash Bros and I had to add a soundtrack to my thing, suddenly I had more freedom to toy around, and it felt like I could just do more. Because you're really good at 
games and you're clearly able to like super focus into them and figure out the mechanics of them and that that's why you, you get good over time but it, you, you kind of strike me as somebody who's like approaching them almost for like from an artistic standpoint because you seem like you like getting like really invested in things and kind of like the art of it in a sense yeah. i don't know how to articulate this correctly but yeah no i mean um like i'm a big fan of like movement and stuff so i i like really analyze the way like per frame how like animations happen and stuff especially games that are like fighting or action based because like there's a character model of someone but it's not always the same as what their like interactable body is or what they call a hurt box Mm -hmm. so it's like interesting to see with like i don't know for instance like dr mario or mario's up smash where he swings his head his head's intangible that whole time but you don't know that they don't tell you that yeah um so yeah it's just it's just stuff like that that i find really fun to kind of dive into and Mm -hmm. and just like any game (laughs) any game yeah and and you used to do like occasional competitions but you don't really have like much of a interest in that now yeah uh i don't know it's just like like i said the the community was just a little toxic and not very accepting yeah i just found it to be like i used to play sports a lot too um but like yeah i like I played uh, hockey up to the start of high school. I played football. I wasn't freshman. <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. Uh, freshman football, I was supposed to start off with like the training camp stuff and whatever, but I broke my finger mm-hmm. and then decided to do theater instead. Nice. And, then, and thus you see the mark before you now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I like I, the same thing with just normal sports. I just found that there were like cliches and groups of people that weren't friendly and people that like kind of took the fun out of the sport so i you know i kind of gravitated towards esports but then just found the same kind of people yeah so that's why you know i kind of support nintendo not backing (laughs) smash because it's just fun like it's just i don't know i just want to have fun like i like watching spring training here in arizona with baseball because it's just like everyone's there and they're not i mean some people view it as competition like spectators but like a lot of people are just there to watch a baseball game yeah that's the kind of feeling i like <laughs> like i just want to watch a game no yeah i i think that that can apply to anything really like people just doing something because they love it versus like making this huge like big deal about yeah. it in like a purist sense yeah yeah because he, like it's so easy to make fun of film students <laughs> you know like being <laughs> yeah. like really competitive with like movies and their tastes and things like that and yeah like, it's not like this nature doesn't exist in other mediums it's just <laughs> what i've noticed and i always had this joke in film school that the more somebody knows about citizen kane the less good, <laughs> the less good they are at making movies because <laughs> i always just noticed this correlation between people so who funny. are like so interested in film history like as if they thought they could just consume all of the facts and all the classics into being good at something, but then like they had like no artistic sense in, in creating things, you know? All I'm saying is Deku wasn't very good at controlling one for all until he started making his own power. Wow. He's copying All Might the whole time. That was um <laughs> incredibly motivational. <laughs> Gotta use your own power. Yeah. And uh, you're saying the other day you like miss being in a band. You were in a band. Yeah, I was in a band because of a ASU thing, but it was kind of just like a gathering of musicians and then making them create a band and create a set of songs within however long a semester is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we tried to keep it going after that, but 
yeah, no, being in a band was really fun because it was my first time being the leader of anything. Okay. <laughs> I did. I play guitar mostly, but then I ended up being the lead singer and the bassist. So yeah. like being a front man too was like really nerve wracking, but it was kind of yeah. fun to dive into that. I was going to ask if there was like a, in, like a issue with like being like confident enough to do that sort of thing because you did theater and you did sports. So clearly like you had to. Yeah. Um, I have told you, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's going somewhere. I have told you I used to be a somewhat of a pathological liar, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, figured, <laughs> I figured around the age of 16 or 17 when I started doing theater is if I could sell myself as someone who's not myself, yeah. then I could be that. Yeah. And also, like, you, you, were, you, weren't like, you weren't like ruining people's lives. No, no, no. Yeah, let's clarify. I, was, I, I lied to some people that I was colorblind <laughs> and other small things. Just because you got like a weird thrill. I want to see if i could get away with it but i was i wanted to mostly know if someone would believe so, that i'm something i'm not oh my that's god that's what a job application is don't, yeah. don't act like <laughs> everyone Dude, hasn't done that i that's the thing about applying for jobs i'm like <laughs> <laughs> just come on man you can game the system but yeah you it's it's part part like mentality so if i could convince myself that i was that then i could do it uh, the funny thing was when we had to do a cover because we went through the decades starting with the 60s. So when we got to the 70s, my band wanted to do a Black Sabbath cover, which means there was I had no bass part in that. There was just guitar in the particular song we were doing. So I had to just be Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Bite the head off of a bat and then go up there? <laughs> uh, but like, I just decided, like, I'm not going to do this well as me. So I might as well take on a persona for this one time. So for that class i went in like kind of ready to be weird and like move around with the mic and stuff and yeah i don't think it was good but it was different <laughs> yeah i think yeah i was always extremely shy i didn't want to like participate in it like i i would get so stressed out if i had to read out loud in class <laughs> and like there were so many times where i wanted to ask a question to the teacher but like i didn't want to do it like i was i was very yeah. afraid of most things mm. yeah i've uh i've since gone back into my shell a little bit <laughs> like i'm i used to be like uh according to the myers-briggs thing uh an extrovert and then like i was i was enfp and then slowly 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 i'm becoming infp i so, like my extroverts going away i've taken that test a bunch of times and there's too many letters i can't remember all the acronyms and I they get... don't line up with what it is like i like n n stands for intuition like, Ugh. come on, bro. Yeah, I get so... Con anytime people say what they are, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying to yeah, me. Yeah, they should have chosen different letters, but whatever. That's something that's interesting about coronavirus. We're all going so long without talking to people now. I feel <laughs> like our skill sets are probably really bad. Yeah. And it's not... I'm not... Like, I'm doing online classes now, and I'm probably in the best degree program to be doing online classes because it is anyways. Yeah. No... I, I went to, like, a pizza shop, and I was trying to ask them if I could film in there when I was talking to the lady, like, trying to have, like, a professional interaction with a stranger. I felt myself, like, being really bad at, like, <laughs> at, like saying words and, like, articulating myself, and I was like, oh, shit. This I mean, roll back the footage. I probably was a little awkward at the start of this interview. Uh, I've lived know. with you. I think, we, I, think, I think we were just talking about Waluigi. Yeah, <laughs> Waluigi always makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> a little tense. Yeah. Um, why, why is Dark Souls your, your favorite game? Dude, I'm going to keep, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but movement, like it's really well, uh, like when you, when you die, you feel like it's your fault or the game's fault. Like, uh, it's really clear in like enemy design and like how you're going to be attacked. 
by presenting you with one enemy at a time and then giving you that same enemy, but there's five of them in a large room. Can you explain like the basics of like what the game is and how it works? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fantasy RPG, and it starts off with fantasy RPG babble, and I honestly don't know the story. <laughs> Dragons and yeah. witches and blah, blah, blahs. But the importance is that you're a man with a sword and a shield and some magic, and the system is like... Uh, it's like Legend of Zelda where you lock onto them, so it's like you're moving around in a 3D world that you're exploring, but then when you lock onto someone, you're engaged in combat, so it's very different. Um, but it's a lot better in designing its um, enemies in that once you, lo- once you lock in, there's not like pitfalls and stuff. Like your, your combat is really focused in that, and like there's only a few different ways you can attack, but lots of ways you can move around while you're attacking and stuff. And, and like when you die, like you have, to, you go back and find your body and you can reclaim the items yeah. and stuff. That, that aside, like that, that um, system of like reclaiming your stuff is its own very cool thing. But I just like the way the combat controls in general, because it's very clear and showing you how the, to move around. The thing that threw me off about it so much is I find the art style like really ugly, oh, it's ugly. <laughs> and, it, and it made me not want to play it. But then like when I was watching you play, I kind of realized like, Oh, you can kind of embrace the meme of the fact that the game is yeah. so silly looking. It's like, <laughs> it's grown to its own thing sort of. And also it's like really heavy. Yeah, like like swinging I, like swords and shit. I oh, found yeah. to be like really slow and like weird, but I also see how like that's kind of hilarious too. Well, you can feel the impact of when you hit people, which is really nice. Like that's really important in fighting games. I think is you can feel the impact of it, not through like literal like like hearing the sound, but like it it translates in motion. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know stuff like. I can't think of a good example, but a game that doesn't do that right is really jarring. Like, it doesn't... You, suddenly, you're just not uh, immersed anymore. Well, it's like when you're playing an underwater level in anything, and, Ugh. like, all the rules of physics, you're just like, oh, God, what is this? Don't even get me started on Mario jumping directly out of water. Do you? Can you imagine the core strength it takes to jump out of water? <laughs> just say anything. There's no physics there. Sometimes I do think, though, like, playing a video game, it kind of feels like almost like primitive V because like when you're playing something and you get a feel for how moving around works it's like your hands like playing with the controller you now have like a new sense of like how hitting a button and hitting a joystick like and like what the sensitivity is of like how much you can make somebody move or jump or the angle they hit and it and it kind of puts you in like a whole new mindset the way like i imagine uh vr would yeah it's like um if you ever played like Rock Band or Guitar Hero and you haven't synced up your controller yet, it's very upsetting. It's a it's a broken game. Well, I remember there was this thing where like newer TVs like were always incompatible with Guitar Hero in this weird way, where like you would try to sync it but it would fail like yeah. every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have to set the latency on your own, where it gives you like, a little tapping like rhythm type mini game. Mm-hmm. But like after. Uh... <laughs> You know, if your rhythm's bad, then you're just you're gonna be bad at the game. I remember they created this like mode that was easier than easy, where it didn't even matter which colors you hit; you just had to strum along to these <laughs> bars. Really? It was, yeah, it was the most baby shit ever. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the I like those games a little too much, honestly. Um, rock band and guitar hero is the reason I learned real guitar. Yeah, probably that's probably true for like a lot of people. Yeah, do they just not like invest in those anymore? Like, they, I don't really. 
they made another Guitar Hero um, where it's three buttons next to three buttons. So you have three black buttons and three white buttons. So there's two frets now instead of five buttons in a row. I dig that. And so you can hold a chord shape. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. It didn't sell well, though. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds inherently more difficult. Yeah, well, I like Rocksmith, which is just a guitar. (laughs) I remember when... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember when I got Guitar Hero 5, which I think is the best one. They they said, like, if you pre-order this, we'll give you Guitar Hero Van Halen for free. (gasps) Like, GameStop just had this deal where they were just giving you two Guitar Heroes for the price of one for no reason. Hmm. Yeah. Rest in peace, Eddie. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah. just happened. Sucks. I thought. I think Jack White is one of the better living guitarists out there now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Other than that, being like like as a technician for guitar as well, he's his own thing. Yeah, my favorite guitarists growing up were always uh, Jack White and John Frusciante. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen and uh, this bassist. I I don't know if bassist is a whole other category, but this bassist named Jaco Pistorius epic name what's he in uh he's on a he's in a band called weather report and a few like a jazz rock fusion band okay um old old band but uh he plays the fretless bass like crazy it like fretless stuff is Mm -hmm. incredible to me (laughs) i was always really interested in the instruments that muse would play where they would always do really weird like edited oh that's not the right word but you know what i'm saying like like he like i remember he had this guitar where it had like a pad on it and he would like scratch it and it would make this like really crazy sound <laughs> i don't know what and like it is. they would have like headless basses and stuff like that like stuff like that oh yeah really interesting to me yeah you ever seen a hurdy-gurdy no it's a it's like a oh, i might mess this up but it's it's at least another weird instrument but it's like a guitar set down or a stringed instrument set down with a bow like a violin but it's controlled by a cranking wheel oh. so it's a constant sound and then you control it i think it's keys that's crazy i think it's keys and a and a and this is a guitar it's a stringed instrument so it's not it's not oh, a plucked instrument okay. it's like it's same as a bow but you're rotating yeah. it so it's like a violin as if you were constantly going yeah there's no stop i always thought of the keytar as a joke and then i saw this um group do like a bitchin solo on the keytar and i was like oh this i've is- heard someone say bitchin since 2009 there was no better adjective for what this guy <laughs> right. pulled off it was like a really good keytar solo and i'm like okay this instrument has legitimacy um jack white created this guitar i think for the rock on Chers, where it's like a hollow body Mm-hmm. And it has a microphone built in the bottom of it that you can pull out, and it has like a talk box effect or something, or like maybe just some sort of like vocal distortion effect. But the point is, is he had a guitar that had like a vocal microphone that he was able to like rip out mm-hmm. and like play on it. Stuff like that's yeah. like really fascinating to me. Yeah, I uh, if I had more money, I would be collecting guitar pedals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's people that have those really intricate pedal boards. Yeah, like when I go to a concert, I like to sit up front. At first, just to be have that experience of being up front, but now I love to see their setups and stuff. Yeah, because I, I did a little bit of um, like setup for that, like um, I forgot what it's called. Live sound reinforcement was the class name, but just like setting up people's stuff and miking drums and stuff like that, and miking the bass amp and like just understanding what kind of microphone should go where and stuff like that. But just learning like. Having to work with many musicians, people have a lot of crazy setups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like everyone has different volumes too. 
Yeah, it's a stressful I, job. I can't remember who it was, but I remember seeing like some group like on like Conan O'Brien or something, and like the amount of pedals they had in front of them. It <laughs> might have been like sleigh bells or somebody crazy, but like mm-hmm. it's just really nonsense looking. Sometimes. Yeah, I feel like my feet aren't coordinated enough to use a pedal board. <laughs> my hands are fine. Oh, but... I even just think about drummers and like what's going on there with like their feet and their arms. Like, yeah, just all this shit like it's nuts to me. Forever, I was like. I didn't want to play rock band drums because I had to use the pedal. I was like, I can't press that <laughs> with your foot. Yeah. I eventually got up to like do like expert mode with drums on that. But there, there's this guy that taught his golden retriever to like hit a drum pedal, like on beat oh, when, yeah, he, when he plays guitar. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, my, uh, my, yeah, no, I always thought of like John Frusciante as like, uh, guitar pedal god like he, yeah. because he would just make such like so like crazy sounds just by like going nuts on those like while he was like shredding yeah i've i have this weird like little impasse of having myself because i started off as like kind of a guitar like purist like kind of hating like digital sounds and stuff because mm-hmm. someone could make something really intricate sounding however it's not naturally produced yeah but now i do mostly digital music and like I, i'll make little chip tunes and stuff but nothing yeah. too much but like what's what's real music and what's not like if can i make it with a computer and it's like yeah at the end of the day you're just using an instrument like i, yeah. I remember going through that too where i liked rock band so much yeah in middle school that was like very hipster and anti like pop music and at right. the time like rap was starting to be pop so like all i had heard was like rap that I didn't like necessarily like uh identify with as much so like I just assumed it was like not good and then I heard 808s and heartbreak and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and I was just like oh never mind (laughs) this is fucking amazing (laughs) um but yeah like I I remember my older brother like he's a really good guitarist I, I remember him describing like when dubstep was first getting really good he he just kind of realized, like, I shouldn't hate Skrillex because when he makes some crazy sound, he's basically doing the same thing a guitarist is doing when they, like, use, like, a whammy bar or, like, a pedal to, yeah. like, create some, like, out-of-the-box thing. So it's, like, all really just tools and instruments. Yeah. Like, um, I just find it, like, really cool when someone can do a guitar solo that would normally have heavy distortion on it, but they can do it really naturally, like, with a acoustic yeah. guitar or an unplugged electric. And it's, like... <laughs> there's a lot of precision required for that and to to be able to like fake that precision with instruments it's like kind of lame but like i've worked so much with it now that like i understand how hard it is to compose in that kind of um environment well at the end of the day it's always going to be like a technology climb thing where like the precedent for like what's easy changes and changes through history but then the way in which people use tools to make creative things like at at the end of the day like that's like the ultimate test because like you look at like visual effects right now people are doing insanely complex visual effects but then like the simplest of simple things a vfx artist could do would take like months of effort like back in like star wars days yeah dude i want to see like in in like old like prog rock bands uh, where like dudes would have these keyboard setups where there's like six keyboards stacked around them and they're like playing all of them. Yeah, that's a lost art that like <laughs> can be digitally reproduced. But I want to see a guy go hit nuts on six keyboards. Yeah, no, there, there's a beauty to seeing people like use like old technology still. Yeah, sometimes I think like like I like we were talking the other day when we watched the thing like how beautiful the film stock looks and like that those like 80s movies and like how the lighting is different mm-hmm. i know that people go to like great lengths like even in like big budget films now to like reproduce those sorts of looks but then sometimes i think like you can just look up what those old cameras are and what those old film stocks are and like i'm like may, you know maybe kodak and stuff doesn't like produce some of the same stuff so like maybe you literally couldn't but i feel like 
if somebody wanted to, they could like make a movie like look identically to how it did in the eighties just by using the same technology. But yeah. I assume like people with the budgets don't like want them to do that. Yeah, because they assume people won't like it. But I mean, like some of this stuff just can't be recreated. And like, uh, like there's plenty of. I'm sure you could find programs where you could recreate any guitar tone ever, but it would wouldn't be close to like the exact same like amp and the same mm-hmm. cabinet and same everything. Yeah, well, like, sometimes I think about how, like, the N64 sounds just sound so good, and they have, like, it's it's specifically in Super Smash Bros., and how, like, (laughs) I don't know if it's, like, a compression thing or what, but, like, if, if, like, Samus up-bees you, and then you get hit, like, eight times or whatever, that whole, like, like, nothing sounds like that anymore. Yeah, you know? and, and like that, like sound of a laser hitting you when you would see your skeleton yeah. in Smash sixty four. Like, I miss that, by the way, seeing your skeleton when you get hit by an electrical attack. It was so good when when you got hit as Samus, you would see Zero Suit Samus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, there was like skeleton Pikachu. Yeah, same thing. Like wave, like hit it, like waving the sword, like really, really good, just like good sound. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sometimes I think like. With like certain technologies, they should like kind of go backwards a little bit to go forward and like get more like texture. Yeah, I am someone who when I when I start something new, I kind of want to build it from the ground up. Um, so like, there's there's plenty of groundwork for like um, what is it called like you know digital audio workstations like DAWs, but I like to use uh, Max MSP the visual coding and like literally build it from the ground up. That way, I just it's better understood. Um, Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you know what Max MSP is? Not really. So it's it's the same as any coding language, but uh, rather than like actually typing words out, you have a series of objects. So it's like object oriented programming where you're connecting things to things. So it's a uh, kind of like a circuit board. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like. Um, Gosh, what are they called? Just those soundboards you can see patch cables going from here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I typically make uh, little chip tunes for like my video game music in Max MSP, even though that's like probably the most archaic and overcomplicated way to do it. Yeah, I can build it however I, I think I could that way. So, so in other words, like instead of using like DAWs and yeah. like preset like synthesizers and stuff you're like making them yes because like um the, the most simple pure tone is a sine wave right um which you like if you had a little key tuner thing you hit it like it would make that sound but i like just want to work with that and like augment that from itself so i don't like recreating a tone like i could just use what's called a square wave which is what you hear in like video game sounds but i like taking a pure tone and messing with it and like there's a way you can degrade the sampling rate of it to like give you that kind of messed up like hard edge square wave sound is that like what's going on in a like what i'm identifying in an n64 game no it's probably it's definitely more advanced than that okay the only reason i i can use that kind of stuff is because i typically compose for games in 8-bit style otherwise it wouldn't sound right okay is it now? Is this common at all, or is this just out of? I've never seen anyone else do it, but my teachers who taught us, and I'm pretty sure if they saw me still doing it, they'd be like, "You should have moved on from that." Yeah, <laughs> but I, I remember, just like it. I remember watching this video on this guy that like he makes his art in MS Paint. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like that's what he likes using, and and now like I think Windows phased out Paint, so he probably just has to go into Photoshop oh, that and sucks. like <laughs> he, he probably he can just use like a one pixel size 
brush <laughs> you know and just use like really s- tiny canvases and stuff but yeah it's it's interesting when people choose to use like old technology yeah i don't know it's just something charming about it, it feels like you could probably make the same thing easier but not understand quite what you did yeah <laughs> elijah just started playing trap music in the other room <laughs> and he knows we're recording <laughs> Um, I was thinking we could wrap this up and how about we play a game and then I can insert it at the end. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. All right, cool. This was fun. Um, we've had a million times where we were just like casually talking about games and then like we just come across like some really good subject and I wind up being like, oh, this would be good for the podcast and this would be good for the podcast. Sometimes I find it's a little bit hard to recreate here because there's something formal about it and it winds up feeling interviewee, but, uh. We should do this again because yeah. I, I feel like we always wind up just talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. If only we could just turn on the camera whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, technology is going to get to that point where people just like boom. <laughs> oh, scary. Yeah. Another scary thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, as one final thought, um, how good are the Pokemon Stadium mini games? Oh, dude, they're, they're up there in quality. Uh, they only made so few, though. I yeah. wish there were more Pokemon stadiums out there. Yeah. But they're better than Mario Party. <laughs> Those are fighting words, and I agree with them. <laughs> All right, this is fun. Let's uh, let's do some Dr. Mario. <laughs> yes, of course. And this was good. Yep. All right, cool.